Hello and welcome back to Beniah, Mighty Man of God by P. H. Thompson, an audiobook. This is chapter 32. Then the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said thus, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died in your place, O Absalom, my son, my son. Second Samuel 18.33 the armies of father against son engaged in battle in the forests of Ephraim. Before long, the smaller force of David's men had killed 20,000 of Israel's troops under Absalom. It was bittersweet, since these were formerly their fellow soldiers and citizens of Israel, but they were part of the rebellion that had to be put down. Joab was overjoyed when he learned that they were near Absalom's troops, but what he really wanted was to run into the man himself then run him through. Though he had been one, the one to suggest David receive Absalom back to Jerusalem after the murder of Amnon, he only did it to get back into David's good graces. He felt that the king still hadn't forgiven him for the murder of his rival general Abner. But now he wanted nothing more than to dispatch that simpering upstart who had caused them to run for their lives. He had had enough of that in his younger days when David was on the run from Saul, now he wanted to live in Jerusalem with his family and his fields, command a peacetime army, and live in ease. Absalom had changed all of that. Yet in spite of his treason, David was still going easy on him. Be gentle with the young man Absalom for my sake. Joab spat in disgust. He'd be gentle, all right. Just a few gentle jabs with his sword. One of his soldiers ran up to him and reported that he saw Absalom caught in a low-hanging tree branch by his hair as he was trying to ride under it on his mule. The mule rode on, and Absalom was left hanging. You just saw him, and you left him there? Why did you not run him through with your sword? I would have rewarded you with a silver and a belt. Even if you were to give me a thousand pieces of silver, I wouldn't raise my hand against the king's son. We all heard the king give explicit instructions to the generals regarding him. I would have been gambling with my own life. For the king would hear of it, and then you would set yourself against me and deny ever giving such an order. Joab couldn't argue that what he said was probably true. I won't waste my time here with you. Where was he? he demanded. The soldier pointed to the forest directly behind him. Joab motioned to his armor-bearer and nine other soldiers to follow him. He found his cousin, Absalom, suspended above the ground, caught by the very object of his vanity, his hair. He was well within reach close enough to taunt. Well, 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 lost your mule, I heard. He laughed, as did his soldiers. Absalom's wide eyes darted between the men beneath him. He didn't beg for mercy, which made Joab admire him just a little bit. But maybe he didn't beg because he already knew he wouldn't receive any compassion. So, you fancy yourself a king, do you? Did you think you'd be able to wear a crown on that mane on your head? Do you think because your tribe symbol is the Lion of Judah that you have to look like one? He circled Absalom. You seem a little stuck there, young man. It doesn't look comfortable. Joab was enjoying this. He despised him. Shall we put you out of your misery then? Absalom whimpered. What's that? Joab cupped his ear as if he cared to hear what the man had to say. He was done. He cast the first spear himself relishing the sound it made as it pierced Absalom's midsection. He was still alive, and the second spear hit his heart. There was no more whimpering. 
but Joab took a spear from his armor-bearer and sent it into his chest for good measure. Don't worry, he said to the armor-bearer, you'll get it back. Satisfied that Absalom was dead, but now thinking his men might feel left out, he held out his arm to present the object at hand. Have at him. The ten soldiers took turns hurling spears, thrusting swords, swinging clubs, and doing whatever came to their minds to do with the corpse dangling from the tree. Eventually Joab said, Enough. Cut him down. He looked around in the forest and saw a natural pit about three feet deep. He should be buried. Toss him there and cover him with rocks. It should keep the animals away for a while at least. He is a prince after all. Joab walked out of the woods and blew his trumpet, halting the battle. Without a leader, Israel was essentially defeated by David's forces. Benaiah saw two runners approach. When the first one, Ahimaaz, son of Zadok, arrived, David asked how the battle was. Still panting, he bowed down with his face to the earth before the king and said, Praise the Lord God, he has brought about the defeat of the men who rose up against you. The king asked, But is Absalom still safe? Ahimaaz hesitated, then answered, When Joab sent us, I saw a great commotion, but I'm not sure what it was about. Benaiah wondered why Ahimaaz hesitated when a moment before he seemed eager to share the news. Did he fear David's response? Was it bad news? David looked beyond him and then said, Wait here. Just then another runner, a Cushite, came, and he said, I bring good news, my lord. Today the Lord has punished all those who were against you. And the king asked the Cushite, But how is Absalom? So the Cushite answered, May whoever tries to hurt you suffer the same end as he did. Then Benaiah knew that Absalom had been killed in battle. David tore his robe and cried out, O Absalom, my dear son, I wish I had died instead of you. Really? Why were they on the run then, if David didn't care about saving his life? If he would have been as happy if Absalom took the throne and had David's family and followers executed. Benaiah understood David was grieving his favorite son, but this was too much. Joab returned to the city gate where David waited in the room suspended between the two gateposts. He and his men were shouting and celebrating their victory as they arrived, but they were shushed by Benaiah, who stood guard. Why do we need to be quiet? We just won. It's over now. The usurper is dead and we can get back to Jerusalem and life as usual. Benaiah answered, The king has just heard the news and is weeping and mourning his son. His son? As in Absalom his son? Joab asked the incredulous. Benaiah nodded. Then Joab looked up at the open window when he heard it for himself. O oh, Absalom, my dear son, I wish I had died instead of you. O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Joab pursed his lips and pushed past Benaiah. He stomped up the steps and pushed open the door to David's room, Benaiah following close behind him. David turned at the sound of the open door, his eyes red. Joab placed his clenched fists on his hips. Today you have humiliated all of the men who just saved your life and the lives of your sons and daughters. Instead of celebrating a great victory over that usurper that caused us to flee Jerusalem, we had to steal back here in silence as if we had something to be ashamed of. He let that sink in, then added, You have made it clear that the commanders and their men mean nothing to you. Apparently you would be pleased if Absalom were alive today and all of us were dead. 
David's mouth fell open, no doubt shocked at Joab's sharp rebuke. Joab pointed to the door. Now go out there and encourage your men, because if you don't, I swear by the Lord that not a man will be left with you by nightfall, and it will be worse for you now than it had been all the years from your youth. David rightly recognized there was truth to what Joab said, so he went out and sat by the gate. Continue listening for chapter 33.